You're listening to a podcast from Victory. How does Jesus represent our Heavenly Father when He came to live among us? Find out in week three of Unboxed. Today we're going to be focusing on Everlasting Father. Maybe some of you are uh, probably uh, wondering, what does this mean, Everlasting Father? Does this mean that Jesus is now the Father that we're addressing to? We're going to clarify this later on. These four names are given to the Messiah, Jesus Himself. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we would find that these are the throne names of God. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading from uh, Isaiah chapter 9 once again. Two verses from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Ready? One, two, three. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David, over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together. Uh, this afternoon, bless the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would anoint every word spoken from this pulpit. Open up our hearts and open up our spiritual ears to hear what the word of God wants to say to us as a church and even as a people and how this word applies to us, this name of Christ, everlasting Father. We thank you, Lord God, that this has significance in the way he is ruling over our lives. We thank you, Lord. We commit to you the rest of this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Let me all be seated. All right, just to once again give us a background, Isaiah chapter 9 is actually a political passage. Uh, this not only speaks of the names of Christ, but as we have read just a while ago, it talks about his kingdom. It talks about his rulership. It talks about the government that he will be establishing. And how many of you know that the kingdom and the government of God is an everlasting kingdom? It's a government with no end. It's a uh, domain and authority will extend uh, to all uh, the corners of the earth. In fact, by May next year, it's going to be uh, election, uh, you know, election time again. And uh, we're going to be voting, okay? Um, you know, new people in the government, uh, our leaders. And how many of you have already decided on who uh, you will vote for as uh, president and VP and uh, senator, okay? You look confused. But anyway, uh, all of us are really seeking the Lord at this point. You know, Lord, help us. Uh, you know, help us to find the, the, seek the mind of Christ. Uh, who should lead this nation? And, um, you know, on one hand, God gives us the leaders that we deserve, good or bad. You know, if, if we have great leaders, I believe that God is definitely preparing us for something that's big as a nation. And how many of you believe that the Philippines has a destiny, a prophetic destiny with the Lord? Amen. We are called to be the, you know, the evangelist in Asia and beyond. In fact, the word Philippines, our name Philippines, comes from not only King Philip of Spain, but I believe it was also patterned after Philip the evangelist in the book of Acts. And I believe that the, the destiny and the call of this nation really is to send forth missionaries abroad. 
it's no wonder that one-tenth of our people are actually out there working, you know, as professionals and uh, so on and so forth. And many of them Christians. And so God has established that uh, as a strategic uh, place. And so when you're talking about the political scene, I believe that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will use any kind of president or king, good or bad. We see that in the scripture in the past. You know, the, the nation of Israel had good and bad kings. The, the, the nations that conquered them were, you know, mostly bad, but there were some good as well. And yet, you know, when you talk about Pharaoh, God still used Pharaoh in order for him to advance his purpose on earth. Ultimately, it's the will of God that will prevail, not the will of man. Amen. And how many of you know that the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect? That's the reason why Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're asking God, Lord, give us your will. And so when you talk about Isaiah chapter 9, this is actually a political passage. It was a dark time uh, in the nation of Israel. It was a time of turmoil. The nation was in disobedience. God's judge was upon his nation. There was a mighty army, a mighty empire trying to conquer uh, the land. And they are the Assyrians. And many of us are familiar with 300 movie, right? The Assyrians are a ruthless people. They kill. You know, they don't just you know, take people out into exile, what they do is they, they demonstrate their power and might by debilitating and decapitating, you know, cutting off heads of their subject, similar to what we see right now with ISIS. How many of you are familiar with that? In fact, during that time, the Chaldeans or the Assyrians, the base of, the, they came from a city called Nineveh. Have you heard of Nineveh? Nineveh is the same city where God sent Jonah to to prophesy repentance. And so, you know, this is exactly where it is. In, in Nineveh, the modern Nineveh can actually be found in the nation of Iraq. And Nineveh right now is no longer called Nineveh, but it's called Mosul. Mosul is where the, you know, the capital and the base of ISIS is located. Somewhere there in Iraq. So interesting times we live in. But yet, we know that despite the fact that this is thing is happening, we know that His kingdom will never come to an end. Amen. The rulership of God will be established all across this earth. Do you believe that? Hello. And so, you know, we look at this, and the government shall be upon His shoulders. What a mighty God we serve. We're, saving, we're serving a great king. You know, his titles, as you know, Jesus' titles, his name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And now we see these four names in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Okay, what are the four names again? Wonderful, Counselor, next name is? Mighty God, next is? Everlasting Father, and then? Prince of Peace. These are all the names of Jesus, not to be confused with the Holy Spirit and the Father, by the way. Okay, these are called the throne names of Christ. The throne names, this describes the rulership, the dominion, the authority that he has in you know, uh, reigning his subjects. They are names ascribed to, uh, to a king that speak of the extent of his authority and the nature of his rule. Today we're focusing on everlasting father. Now, what do you mean? What do we mean when we say that Jesus is the everlasting Father? Did that 
confuse you a bit. So is now, is Jesus now the one we are addressing to when He said, now when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, is He the Father that we're referring to? No. Okay? So this is a good time to clarify that everlasting Father is distinct and unique from God the Father. Everlasting Father is the title of Christ. And how many of you know and familiar that Jesus is the Son of God? Are we here this afternoon? Hello. <laughs> so Jesus is the Son of God. He's not the Father God. Okay? How many God do we have again? One God. One God, one indivisible, eternal. Okay? And essential. All one, yet three persons that are distinct. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Mother. No, no, that's the Holy Spirit, okay? So the Holy Spirit is not the Father because each has his own unique role in the Trinity, and Jesus is not usurping that from here on after I come, I will be now the Father. Okay? So this is not in reference to a paternal sense. So everlasting Father is not used in a paternal sense. Kind of like, you know, I, I believe that you're familiar with Darth Vader, okay? Darth Vader is the father of Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah, para medyo updated tayo ng konti. Okay? That when Darth Vader in episode 6 said, I am your father. What did Luke say? No! Something like that, okay? Because he was shocked that Darth Vader was the father. So we're not talking about that kind of a father. In a sense, of course, in episode 7, we know that Kylo Ren is the son of blank. Okay, The father in this sense means one that originates or institutes, an author, an originator, Okay, one that starts something. You know, last night we were having an Advent devotion with my two young daughters. Okay, And uh, when we were talking about uh, the story of Joseph and... I mean, Matthew chapter 1, Joseph was somehow highlighted there. Joseph was one of the characters in the Bible that had no speaking part. Somehow, Mary had a speaking part, and the, the angels had a speaking part, the shepherds had a speaking part, the magi had a speaking parts. But yet, Joseph is probably one of those that are on the silent mode. And yet, he was very significant because he was the father, but not really the biological father of Jesus. And so I was explaining to my girls that, yes, Joseph was referred to as the husband of Mary, not the father of Jesus. Okay, you read your Bible. Okay, that's what, So we, we know that Mary gave birth to Christ, and so she was the mother of the child. She's not the mother of God. Because God has no mother. Don't be confused, okay? Because God is God. And before all these things were created... God was there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. It didn't say there, In the beginning, God was born by Mary. Okay, so Mary is the mother of the human form. Jesus, God incarnate. God who became flesh and dwelt among us. And so I was explaining to them, you know, Joseph is not really the father of Jesus. And then, so they were, you know, looking at me strange, and they said, but how can Mary be pregnant? There is no father. 
I said the Holy Spirit was the one that overshadowed Mary. So I was trying to choose the words to explain to my 10-year-old and 9-year-old. And so one of my girls, I forgot whether it's Andrea and Anna, and I think it was Andrea. So are you saying that they did not have sex? And Anna said, Yuck, why are we talking about sex during devotion here? You know, it's, they were both, you know, and, you know, it was a funny time last night. So I would say, okay, let me just explain. Let me be careful here, okay? Uh, Mary was a virgin, okay? But yet, she became pregnant. Okay. It doesn't make sense. So they couldn't understand. Was mom, so they now ask me, was mommy a virgin? When you got married, I said, yes, but we are four already. You know, we, we came out of mommy's belly. So that means that mommy is no longer a virgin. So, so they were now processing this. So I said, why did this devotion end up like this? Okay. We're not supposed to talk about sex. We're supposed to talk about Joseph. But anyway, so I took the time to talk about the power of God and the Holy Spirit that ultimately it's not about Joseph. It's about the Holy Spirit. You know, overshadowing, that's why Jesus was born and he merely used Mary as a vehicle or as a channel for her to give birth to Jesus. Now, that's the, you know, just the, uh, a snippet of what happened last night in our devotion. You know, when you talk about Father, we're not talking about, we talk about everlasting Father. Father, in a sense, here is not the biological or a father that begets a son. It's about one that originates or starts. Something. For example, if I ask you who is the father of modern medicine, are you familiar? His name is Hippocrates. Okay, if you're a doctor, you probably know this, and you have probably taken a hypocritical oath. Okay, and so he said this: Our food should be our medicine, and our medicine should be our food. Wow, profound. I feel convicted already. But anyway. He is definitely the father of modern medicine, okay? Now, when I ask you, who is the father of telephony? Who is that? What's the answer? Alexander Graham Bell, right? Did he give birth to a telephone? No. But he founded, right? Telephony. He started what we are enjoying right now. The cell phone right now came from the idea of this man. He is the father of that. Now, when I ask you, who is the father of the Philippine Revolution or the Katipunan? Do you know the answer? Andres Bonifacio, right? Check your history, right? Now, who is the father of the Philippine independence? Manuel L. Quezon, okay? All right? Who is the father now of... How many of you are familiar with the Bayang Magiliw? Okay? Who is the father of the Bayang Magiliw or our national anthem? Julian Felipe. I think you're getting the point, right? Talking about music. Now, who is the father of Philippine rock and roll? Pepe Smith, right? Okay, so it's not Sambagita, it's not, you know, Freddy Aguilar, it's Pepe Smith, right? And so I think you got the point, okay? So when you talk about father, father is one that starts something, the originator of something. And when you talk about Jesus becoming the everlasting father or being the everlasting father, it means that he is the father and the author of a new way of life of a new life or a new birth or a new world order. He's the everlasting Father. He is not replacing God the Father. Are we getting that? Okay? So, going back to Isaiah, Isaiah was considered the father of the prophets. He did not give birth to all the prophets, 
But because of his prophetic writing, he was considered one of the major prophets. And his word, his name means God is salvation. You know, God saves. And it was so um, apt for that particular circumstance when uh, the nation of Israel were actually in great danger and turmoil. And many of them are being brought out for exile, many of them killed. And in the midst of the dark times, the prophetic word of the Lord came, and it's talking about hope. How many of you are glad that God will not leave us where we are, whether we are in danger or in trouble? Amen. He will always send a deliverer. And so the people of God called out to God, and then God sent a deliverer. So we, we know that as Jesus. Now, two things I want to share for us this, to us this afternoon. What does it mean for Jesus to be everlasting Father? Number one, He is a Father of a new life. You know, as, as we know that when you talk about Father, He's not really the Father that you know, we run to as you know, the one that adopts us as sons and daughters, of course. But now, as the Father, He is the originator of new life. In reality, there are two fathers. We have Adam as the first father. He is the father of mankind. We're familiar with that, okay? Uh, all of us can be traced, our DNA can be traced, you know, through one man, and that's Adam. How many of you know that you and I did not come from monkeys? The theory of evolution is not true. It's a theory, it's not a law, okay? It's not biblical, so, you know, when, when they would say that we actually evolved from the protozoan to from amoebas to a frog to a reptile to a, an alligator to a small monkey to an orangutan and now a man, you know, it's not true. We all came from one man and you and I were fearfully and wonderfully created in our mother's womb. Amen. Okay, tell the person beside you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. What is that in Tagalog? Ikaw ay nakakatakot at nagimbal-gimbal na ginawa ng Panginoon. Parang ganun, okay? And so we are, you know, He is the Father of life. He gave birth, okay, to a new, you know, a new life that we're called to live. Adam came here. Unfortunately, Adam sinned. You know, he failed. The plan of God was for Adam to be able to lead mankind. In fact, there was a tree of life in the middle of the garden. Instead of him choosing the tree of life, he chose the other tree. The knowledge of good and evil. And so both Adam and Eve fell and they sinned. And guess what? The sin of Adam and Eve is now imparted to all of us. That even before, you know, even at the point of birth, we already, we already have the original sin. How many of you have sinned at least once in your life? Please raise your hand. Okay. Great. Okay. I belong to this group. We're all sinners, right? You know, if you have not raised your hand, you just sinned right now by lying. Okay. And so we're, we're all sinners. We've done sins. And, and why do we sin? We did not become a sinner because we sinned. We sin because we are sinners. Did you get that? The reason why you and I sin is because of the nature that we have and we were born with this nature to sin. There is a propensity for each human being to sin because of the sin of Adam. You don't have to teach a child to sin. That child will sin. 
But Jesus came as the everlasting Father and He's here to introduce to us a new life. Adam was the first father. Jesus is a, an everlasting Father. In fact, when you talk about lives, there are two lives that we live. There's the old life. The old life that we live is the life before Christ. And how many of you remember your old life? Please raise your hand. How many of you are ashamed of your old life? Okay? I hope we are. Okay? We're not proud of our old life. God changed that. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So Jesus gave us a new life. New life after receiving Christ. People nowadays, if you, walk, if you see people walk in the streets, it's either they're living in their old life or living in their new life. Which one is that? If you are already a new creation in Christ, guess what? You are no longer living in your old life. You are now living in the new life. Your life is now hidden in God in, through Christ. We are now living a new life. You know, no more condemnation. You know, and I believe that the beauty of the new life is Jesus has promised eternal life for us. You know, no longer are we to suffer the consequences of sin because Jesus Christ paid a deep price for us. We've been singing a song earlier. You know, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. You know, as I was just meditating on that and worshiping the Lord this afternoon, I was just so deeply touched that it had to take the Son of God to die on that cross to pay the penalty for my sins. I mean, we're familiar with transactions. You know, you, you, know, you probably have done your Christmas shopping. and you know, So when you're buying a certain item, you pay cash for that or you pay credit card or whatever. There's a certain denomination that that thing represents. So, for example, if you're buying a piece of shirt, for example, in a Bench or in H&M, so for example, 500 peso shirt, you get this shirt for 500 peso. You give 500 peso, and then you get that shirt. But in that cross, you look at the one who's paying the penalty for our sins. And that man that was being crucified 2,000 years ago was no ordinary man. He was the only sinless man who ever lived. And he is not just a man. He is the Son of God who became flesh and dwelt among us. And yet he was hanging on that cross, dying, so that he could pay your sins and mine. We'll never know how much the price was for the sin that you and I have committed. And guess what? Our past sins have been paid for. Amen. Amen. Our current sin, if you've sinned this morning, guess what? That also is covered. And how many of you know that you might sin again in the future? That also is covered. Because of the benefit that we are receiving from the sacrifice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on the cross. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for that? I know about you, but when you talk about Christmas, I cannot help but be grateful. For the fact that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came and became a child, eventually grew up. He did not remain as a child. He grew up to be a man and eventually was sacrificed. He is considered the Lamb of God that can take away the sins of the world. Our everlasting Father has come and will give us a life 
that will never end. Last week, uh, Thursday, I believe, uh, the mother-in-law of Pastor Junes Kosar passed away. We went to the wake for, I think, for a couple of years. They, have, they took her in already in their home, uh, Gigi. Um, you know, was not really sure if she was the eldest or one of the older ones, but she took her uh, in, and um, right now the the wake is in Zamboanga, so they flew the body in Zamboanga last yesterday, but Thursday and Friday they had a uh, you know a wake in Loyola Memorial. When we were there, uh, when we entered, you know, Pastor June and Gigi was not doomy, doom and gloom. Somehow, they greeted us with a smile. They were so much in peace. They were happy, in fact. Not that they're happy that the mom is gone, but they're happy to know that their mom is in heaven with the Lord. Because this is the perspective of Christian that though our body is wasting away, guess what? Our spirit will live forever. This is exactly what Jesus is giving to us, that He is the one that gives us eternal life. He's the Father of eternal life. You know, many times when you look at yourself in the mirror, how many of you sometimes can get discouraged? You know, especially if you're moving along in years, you know, you see a wrinkle here and, you know, gray hair here or, you know, uh, extra weight there, you know. But this body may seem to be wasting away. But the spirit that we have lives forever. And it's because of Jesus. Amen. He is the author uh, of life. And he started that. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, just to give us a distinction on what Adam, Adam and Jesus gave us. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man. Who was that man? Adam. And death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sin, every one of us, have sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. In fact, when you talk about the problem in the world right now, the problem in the world is not because God does not care. It's, the problem in the world is really because of sin. We did this to the world. It's because of the sin of man that brought this calamity that we're facing right now. It's not because, some people are asking, you know, if God is really a good God and loving God, why is He allowing all this evil to come into the world? No, it's our fault. We cannot blame God. God is a holy God and a just God and a loving God and a gracious God and a generous God. It's because of the sin of mankind that brought us where we are. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift, everybody say free gift. How many of you love receiving free gifts? A gift will not be a gift if it is paid for. Amen. Have you ever received a gift and the giver is collecting you for the bill that he paid for that gift? Uh, by the way, I paid uh, 2000 for that gift. You can pay me an installment, but that's your gift, okay? And have you ever seen that kind of a gift? A gift is free. And eternal life is a free gift given to us. And can you imagine the transaction that happened on that cross? We exchange our sins and He gave us His righteousness, and He gave us salvation, and He gave us every blessing, and He gave us eternal life. The free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift 
by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Basically, what this verse is saying is Jesus has exchanged His righteousness for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. That's why, you know, when you come to the Father, and there's no one who's perfect, I stand here before you not because I am perfect. I stand here before you because I am forgiven and I have actually received the grace and the forgiveness and the loving kindness of God in my life. Amen. None of us deserve this. None of us deserve the gift that we have received. It's not because you've been a kind child or you've been a grade A student, or you've obeyed your parents, or you went to church all your life, or you've given to the poor. It's not because of that. It's because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross that we have received this free gift. Amen? Can we give a little, another praise right now? The free gift. Let's appreciate that. And I pray that this Christmas, we will remember exactly why Jesus came. It's not just because it's time for the family, although that's good. It's not just because, you know, it's nice to eat, although that's good. It's not just because you can gather around the Christmas tree and exchange gifts, although that's good. It's really about the Lord Jesus Christ. He came here for a purpose. He's the reason why we're celebrating Christmas. Okay? In verse 18, it says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. Man, for as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Because of the obedience of Jesus, you and I were made righteous. We did not become righteous because of attending church. You're not righteous because you give to the offering or you run the race for life or you join a small group or you sing here on stage. We became righteous because of the obedience of Christ on the cross. Now the law came to, the, to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the Father of the new life. Jesus is the author of eternal life that is now residing in us. Secondly, and my last point, is Jesus is the Father of eternity. Everlasting Father means that Jesus is the Father of eternity. When the Bible tells us that God is eternal, it means that He is eternal in both directions, not only in the future, but He is also eternal in the past. You know, the time that we know right now is a limited dimension. We define time according to our calendar, isn't it? Many of you probably have bought your planners already. Some of you drank all the Starbucks you can drink in order to get that planner to plan for 2016, but yet that is one year, 365 days in that year, and that is a limited dimension. But when you talk about eternity, it goes beyond the time that we are familiar with. In fact, Jesus was the one that invented time. He was the one that gave us time. Before time existed, before the Gregorian calendar or whatever time it was, the atomic time or whatever, Jesus was the one who was already there. He invented time. He's living in eternity past and He will live in eternity future. 
In fact, the reason why he's called, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. It means that he has no beginning. He's no end. We can never figure out what that means. Many of us are familiar, there's always a time to be born. And many of you have been born, right? No, all of us have been born. There's a date of birth. And if you're familiar with tombstones in the, in the cemetery, there's a date of death. There's a starting point and there's an ending point. But us who are now believers, there's a starting point, but there's no more ending point. Because we will live forever. Amen. And tell the person beside you, you will live forever. So get used to me being with you, okay? So get in here, okay? So uh, you, you and I, well, I we're, we're, we're going to be together. It's a, in, you know, in, in eternity. So Jesus is the Lord of eternity past and the Lord of eternity future. He's not bound by time. And yet he carries out his eternal plans in time. You know, have you ever noticed that God is never in a hurry? God is never in a hurry. But yet, it's always on time. You know, many times you have a need, you know, for asking the Lord, Lord, ang tagal mo naman mag-provide, Lord, you know. But just in the nick of time, just at the right time, God will come through. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In the fullness of time, He gave His Son to be born uh, with a woman, through a woman, under the law, so that you and I can be adopted as children of God in the fullness of time. He knew for a fact that 2,000 years ago was the perfect time for Jesus to be born. His purpose, His will will never be changed, yet He uses time uh, to, to establish His will here on earth. In Psalm 102, verse 25, it says, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain They will all wear out like garment, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. How many of you are glad that our God never changes? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve a mighty God. Psalm 10, 16a says, The Lord is king forever and ever. In Psalm 45, verse 6, it says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of righteousness. This talks about His everlasting domain, His everlasting kingdom. Rulership. His nature, even as God, is found in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was already there. In the beginning of time, He was there. You know, going back to the story of the Israelites during the time of Ahaz, this evil king was ruling, and he allowed the judgment of God to come in here. The people of God were actually looking back at the glory days of Israel. They were hoping, when will our glory days come back? The days of David, the days of Solomon, in, in all uh, the splendor of the, of the nation of Israel, they looked back and they were filled with regrets and frustrations. You know, somehow they wished that this did not happen or wished that something else happened. And then when they looked ahead also, they were filled with uncertainty. You know, when you talk about Jesus as the Lord of eternity, I want to submit to you two things, and this is very quick. Number one, Jesus is the Father of eternity past. He is the Father of everything that happened in the past. He is in charge of everything that transpired in your life and mine in the past. All the things in our past. 
there are things that you have no control of. You have no control of your birth. You have no control of the family you were born in. You, were no, you have no control of the opportunities that you were born with or without. You know, some of us are hoping that we were born in the family of the Ayalas, but it did not happen. Some of us are, you know, wanted to be born in the family of Henry C., but it did not happen. But, you know, God is the one that chooses which family you're going to be born in. You had no control over that. But yet, God is in charge of time. God is in charge of our past. And so, things in your past, significant events in our lives, our success, our failures, our mistakes, our sins, God covers us as well. Our regrets. There are probably some things that you wish had never happened in your life, wish that you have never done, and also some bitterness or disappointments, things that people have done to us or to you. One thing that we can actually just take comfort in, we should not let our past paralyze our present with, our, with regrets and bitterness. You know, in our particular case as a family, when you talk about Christmas and we're celebrating Christmas once again, this was a time wherein we actually experienced one of the darkest days as a family 12 years ago. December 28, 2003, was the day that my 8-year-old son had died of TB meningitis. He suffered for two months uh, in the hospital. And, you know, coming into that Christmas season was a dark time for us. In fact, there were some hurts, some regrets as a family. You know, of course, we've asked then, you know, would it have been better for us to move him to another hospital or maybe to bring him to the States? But we don't know anymore. This is something in the past that happened, and somehow we had no control over it. But yet, when I say Jesus is the father of eternity past, he can actually walk in your past memories, and he can touch those things in your past, and he can bring healing and restoration to the point that you will actually say, Lord, no matter what happens, you are a faithful God. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. You know, I don't know what you're going through right now. And I don't know what you've been through. No matter how difficult that circumstance is, our Father who is in charge of eternity, eternity past, can actually minister to us. People may have failed you. You may have failed people. You've maybe done, you know, bad decisions in your life. But I believe the grace of God will be there to carry us through. Amen. Let the Lord of eternity past heal us from all the hurts and all the regrets and all the frustrations. You know, many times you go back, this should have happened, you know. I wish, I wish, I wish, but it did not happen. Let the God heal us. Jesus of eternity past, heal us. Not only is, is Jesus the father of eternity past, he is also the father of eternity future. You know, many times we let our future be clouded by fear and worry. That's why Jesus took the time in, you know, the Beatitudes to talk about, you know, do not worry about all these things, you know, because I will take care of you. Look at the birds, look at the lilies in the field, and if the Father takes care of them, why will I not take care of you as well? And so he's, you know, mentioning that so that we can be reminded our future is safe in his hands. Amen. He is in charge not only of the past, he is also the father of eternity future. He is the one who will take care of our future. Let not fear conquer us. Amen. And if I may quote 
from Master Yoda. He said, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. See? How profound, right? There's something that we can learn from Star Wars. My main point as I come to an end is Jesus is the everlasting Father and gives us new life and reigns in eternity. I want to leave you with this last verse. Luke chapter 1, verse 31 to 33. It is the story of the birth of Christ. And it says here, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. I'd like to ask everyone to bow our heads as we worship and appreciate and thank our everlasting Father, this Jesus that we're worshiping right now. Just before we sing these songs, I believe there are some of us that needs ministry from our everlasting Father. Maybe some of you have regrets in the past. Maybe some hurts. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Maybe some of you have gone through deep pains. Maybe people have done wrong things to you. You know, there are some bitterness or unforgiveness that needs to be unearthed. My prayer today is that we will let the God of eternity past come in and touch those part in our memory to be healed by His Spirit and by His love. And if that is you, can you kindly raise up your hand? I want to pray for you right now. Things that you have done in the past, things that were done to you, some regrets, some, you know, what ifs. I believe God wants to heal. Lord, I thank you for these people even right now. Father, may your grace abound in their life. Thank you that you are God who heals. Lord, may you prove yourself faithful and strong that even in those times that they feel weak, Lord, sometimes they would be revisiting their past. I pray, Lord Jesus, as the everlasting Father, walk with them through those dark areas and touch those times and bring healing and closure. I thank you, Lord God, that they will learn to forgive, that they will learn to release the people who wronged them, that they will learn also, maybe say sorry to the people whom they wronged as well. I thank you, Lord God, that there's going to be restoration in the homes, restoration in our relationships, restoration with you as well. So, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you will completely heal the memories and the pains of the past. You may put your hands down. Some of you are here today and you are afraid of the future. Maybe some of you have an uncertainty towards the future. You're waiting for something, but it hasn't come yet. May the God of eternity future lead you and guide you and bring you hope. And if that is you, can you kindly lift up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for these people even right now. Thank you. I declare that their future is blessed. We declare, God, that their future is bright. Lord God, I thank you that you have taken care not only of our past, present, but even our future. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Lord, I thank you, Lord God, 
that our future will be secure in you. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to bless you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I thank you, Lord, that all these people will see their future as bright as they hang on to the promises of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.